0: Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: Hey there, Brown Coats. Welcome to 30 Nerdy and Thriving. I am your host, Haley the Brave, and it's great to have you here. I hope you know that I aim to misbehave on this week's episode of the podcast. As always, this has afforded me a much better welcome distraction from the stresses of day-to-day life and for that I am thankful to all of you who keep listening and supporting the podcast week in and week out. I've gotten new listens, new downloads, new followers and I'm just really grateful for all the support. You know last year when I started this whole thing took me almost six months to hit a thousand downloads. And we are just at the beginning of February and I just hit 500 downloads. So already halfway there and we're only a month into the year. And I'm just super grateful for every kind word, every shout out, every like, share. Just thank you so much. It means the world to me to know that people are listening and they're enjoying what I'm putting out. Uh, I can't thank you enough. And I wanted to give a couple specific shout outs. To a few individuals who have just gone above and beyond to support the podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you to Eric and Bonnie and Clifton and, of course, to my husband, David and Christine over at Friends Do Fandoms and Tyler from Nerd of All Trades podcast, who is uh, the guest on the show today. Thank you to my guests that have come on and just helped me take my show to the next level. Thank you to Anya. And Shay and Eric, who have supported the show over on Coffee, and you know, help me finance this little endeavor. I really appreciate the love and support. And thank you to everybody who has left me a nice review over on iTunes. And if you haven't already, please do. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, I read all of them, and I absolutely love every kind word anyone has said. So. Uh, Thank you so much. And I appreciate the feedback because it helps me know what I'm doing well and how I can continue to improve. Uh, Please subscribe if if you're listening and you're like, hey, this chick seems kind of cool. Maybe I want to listen to some of these other episodes. Please hit follow or subscribe. Uh, That helps my podcast be seen. It helps it, you know, get out there into the universe. Uh, Every like, follow, share, all that good stuff. And speaking of Apple reviews, I wanted to shout out a couple people who have left a review for the podcast and just let them know how thankful I am for them. Akiva86 left a five-star review, said A plus, great, interesting, and well-produced podcast for self-described nerds and fandom lovers. Haley also has a great voice, which I consider a make or break on this platform, no matter how interesting the subject. Give this show a listen. Time well spent. Thank you so much, Akiva 86. I appreciate it. I was always told I had a face for radio, but it's good to know I have a voice for podcasts too. Uh, And then wanted to shout out Zed Rita uh, said, worth your time. Great host, well-produced podcast. Really enjoyed listening to someone else geek out over the same content I geek out over. So keep those reviews coming. I'm going to start doing um, shout outs for the reviews and uh, you could be featured on an upcoming episode. Thank you again, And uh, those of you who have already reviewed, don't worry. Your shout out is coming. Uh, So thank you for that and that support. Today, as promised, you can't stop the signal. We are talking about the one, the only, the iconic Firefly. And I am joined by Tyler from the Nerd of All Trades podcast. Who, uh, you know, a fellow brown coat. And we get to geek out together over our mutual love of Firefly And uh, I know that some of you guys were waiting on this when I said, hey, I'm going to talk about shows that were canceled too soon. I got comment after comment that was like, talk about Firefly, you coward. I was like, all right, all right, calm down. So without further ado, I am proud to present today's episode all about the wonderful crew of the Serenity and Joss Whedon's Firefly. Let's get into it. Hi. Hi. I'm Haley the Brave, teacher and mom by day, cosplayer and pop culture junkie by, well, also by day. I'm obsessed with all things fandom, and I love to talk about it. So join me and some of my friends as we geek out about TV, movies, music, and all the awesome things that make life worth living. Welcome to 30 Nerdy and Thriving. All right. Uh, Well, thank you, Tyler, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your podcast and where people can find you and listen to you.
2: Yeah. So I'm over at the Nerd of All Trades podcast, where a podcast dedicated to spending two hours breaking down a nerdy franchise for movies, usually movies. Sometimes we throw in some games, we throw in some TV, really just whatever we want to do, whatever we can nerd out on. But we spend time pitching our own ideas, coming up with movies we would like to see in that universe. Uh, we talk about our favorites, we answer some of the big questions. I say big with like quotations because they're usually like the dumb stuff <laughs> but uh, yeah and it's just a group of us that we sit down we talk as uh, we go on a lot of tangents it's a lot of fun so if you want to check us out we are at uh, Nerd of Trades podcast so if you just go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us on there as Nerd of All Trades. Uh, if you want to see our social media, we're pretty much if you type in Nerd of All Trades, you'll find us anywhere. Uh, Facebook Nerd of All Trades Podcast. Our Google, our Instagram is Nerd All Trades. Twitter, at NOAT Podcast, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we'd love to have you. We have a lot of fun. Uh, we get a lot of really cool guests on there and a lot of really crazy ideas. So if you like things like, I think one of my favorite examples is always, we did an episode on the Mario franchise and we talked about what would happen if we did Fast and Furious, but it was Mario Kart instead. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually either like really heartfelt, great pitches, or it's just like the dumbest things we can think of.
1: That's awesome. That That's awesome. You know what? Sometimes I think we need just uh, dumb mindless entertainment every now and again. So, uh, and You know, the more geek and fandom podcasts, the better. That's what I always say. So, well, we are here to talk about Firefly. And I do this series on my show called Gone Too Soon, where I talk about shows that were canceled in their prime. And the second I started my podcast, I got message after message after message saying, why haven't you talked about Firefly yet? That should have been your first episode. Talk about Firefly and i just kept kind of saving it and saving it and saving it and then i was like you know what i can't put it off anymore we have to talk about the elephant in the room which is firefly so my first question is going to be how would you explain firefly to someone who has never seen it and has no knowledge of that universe at all how would you explain the show to them
2: well I'd probably start with, you see that thing that everybody complains about being canceled for after one season on social media? That's Firefly.
1: <laughs> yeah, everywhere you look.
2: Yeah, everywhere. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what year it is. I think when I talk to people about Firefly, the thing that I want them to understand the most is for a lot of people, the greatness about Firefly is going to be the crew. You get a great world where sci-fi and westerns meet. Uh, you know, you get... Really, if you if you like Star Wars and you like that they have things like Tatooine, then this is a show for you because you get a lot of planets that just look like they're dust balls. They got, you know, they're the frontier towns. You have the central planets that are the sci-fi worlds and you get to see every episode tackle different tropes from either sci-fi or Westerns. You get things like the train job that, you know, every Western always has a train job. Uh, You know, with sci-fi, you get a lot of, you know heist there's like a heist at the hospital in the central planets uh where they were and you got to see a lot of the technology from that you know technology that you don't really get to see in the outer planets because that's the frontier that's kind of it's not the it's part of the the alliance but it's not really part of the alliance um and you get to follow the adventures of this crew this crew that some of it was put together on purpose some of it was put together on accident each of them have great stories they have very intricate backstories that really pull you in on their characters Uh, a lot of great seeds that are laid that we get to see some pay off some we don't because unfortunately it was canceled so early Uh, but you get a lot of really great storytelling a world building and it just has a great backdrop
1: yeah I I think I think that's a pretty solid introduction I it's funny I've had I, I recommend Firefly to anyone who hasn't seen it obviously and I've got this one friend of mine who absolutely hated it and was just like uh, insanely offended that I would even suggest such a thing to her. And so now every time I recommend Firefly to someone, I I include some sort of caveat, like watch Firefly or you will like Firefly if you like X, Y, Z. And so usually I'll say Star Wars because of sci-fi. And like you said, the outer planets and especially now with the Mandalorian, which is kind of the spaghetti Western sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Um, I think if you like The Mandalorian, there's no way that you would dislike Firefly. Um, but I also think things like Battlestar Galactica, um, Stargate, even the Orville, which ha- is like a wonky take on sci-fi. But I think all of those shows have the ensemble cast, like you're talking about, the um, kind of more well-developed or at least has the potential to become well-developed backstory and uh yeah i and usually i'm like look if you like like you said heists uh uh action sequences shootouts and you want all of that sticking it to the man yeah sticking it to the man taking down uh the empire really is what you know the (laughs) alliance is then you'll like firefly but it is kind of a unique premise so it's it's one of those that's difficult to try to explain to people if they have no familiarity with it um did you watch firefly like in its initial run back in
2: 2002 no i didn't uh i learned about firefly probably in the late 2000s so the show in this in the movie had already been released to my dad Uh, I was talking to him about it one day and he's like, you don't know Firefly? And I was like, well, you're the one that would tell me about that and you haven't told me about it, so no. And he's like, well, we're watching it right now. So we sat down and we watched all of it and I immediately was enamored with it. I thought it was such a great show and it didn't really make sense to me that it got canceled. And so I eventually, you know, I as soon as it was done i already had become one of those fans that so was like why is this yeah. canceled what did they do there are so many stories
1: <laughs> like get me the brown coat right now raising <laughs> raising my flag i yeah i had discovered it i think i want to say like 2008 i had gone to san diego comic con and there was a pretty solid brown coat presence at the con and so okay that I think is what piqued my curiosity. And so then I came home and I was like, I got to check this out. And same thing. I've been to the whole show and watched Serenity right after. And then was just, uh, pissed. <laughs> I've, been, I've been mad ever since. Um, but I think, you know, that speaks to the fandom and the, the whole saying, like, can't stop the signal. Like I think every year's new waves of people discover firefly and uh, and now we're getting like new generations of firefly fans which is kind of crazy but it the ball is still rolling like it the fandom keeps growing and growing and growing i think
2: absolutely i mean it it says a lot i met the i met a lot of the cast in the, i think like 2015 2016 time and it speaks a lot that they were still like the biggest people at the because i was at Dallas Comic Con and they were like the biggest guests And it's, you know, like 13, 14 years ago, like after the show had aired, a one season episode, uh, one season show. And I think it just speaks to how much, how passionate the fandom is, is that you can be like, hey, you know, most shows that end in one season are just, no one talks about them again. Uh, But this time it was like, the cast of Firefly are going to be there and people just like lose their minds. They're like, how is this? This is crazy. Like, and it's, it's got the following of at least like a five season show, but it's, you know, only got a fifth of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, uh, what do you think, I know we touched on this a little bit. Um, but what do you think is the greatest part of Firefly? What made it so great? Why is it so iconic and why are we still talking about it? You know, almost 20 years later.
2: It's really tough to say a specific aspect of the show that made it so great. Um, you could say it it scratched an itch for a lot of people. That they had been missing sci-fi wise, uh, because you know it, it does have so much resemblance to Star Wars. So it kind of scratched that. They're like, "Oh, okay. Like I remember these feelings. I remember being on the, on Tatooine." Um, but I I think for me, <laughs> I think it was the the characters, because I, I was rewatching it and I, I was you know each episode was pretty standard for the most part, the episodes weren't, they weren't out of the box, you know, they weren't, they weren't these home runs that just like blew your mind, like with the, this like contrived plot and everything. Like there was this, a, there was an episode where they just did a train job. And so it's, it's not like one of the shows where you just, right. the, the plots are so wild and they just, they just totally immerse you. They're fairly standard, you know, fairly standard season one kind of fair every week. They're just doing a different job. So I really think, and we didn't get to see a lot of the payoff. Yeah of all that all those seeds, you know, of things like river, book, all that kind of stuff until at least Serenity, if ever. And I I really think it's the crew. I think everybody just loves it because of Mal, because of Wash, Zoe, Jane. Every single one of them has they're so dynamic. They have so many great lines, they have so many great uh, their backstories are always really good. Things like, you know, Mal and Zoe being the independence and their war with the alliance. Uh, you know, Jane with being a brigand and Janestown and everything. Everything with Simon and uh, River. I, I really think that it's this crew, the crew that had come together, the way they interacted, the way that they did jobs, the way they never let each other. Then, you know, even when, even when Jane uh, tried to sell Simon and River out, Mal never gave up on him. He told him, you know, I will kill you if you do that again. But, yeah. <laughs> but he still treated him like he was a member of the crew and even Simon after he found out was like I don't want to I thought it was a really great moment when he told Jane he's like hey can you feel your body and he's like no I can't and then he's like well and you're like okay he's about to like threaten him and hurt him or something and he's like you're gonna be under my knife again and I don't want to have any bad feelings so don't do that again I'll let it go this time and I I thought it was a really great moment for his character and I really think it's just the crew I think the crew Everything else has a lot of a lot to do with it, but without that crew, without those actors, I don't think Firefly would have the impact it does.
1: Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree. I think the casting was spot on. I mean the the chemistry uh, with that crew is electric, and like I, I can't I can't imagine not having one of them, right? You get rid of one of them and it completely changes the dynamic of everything and I will say I love the witty dialogue and that's pretty standard with Joss Whedon. I you know, I think Buffy and and uh Agents of Shield is another Whedon show. Like I I think the the witty dialogue comes with it and uh but I but I think ultimately it's the cast. I think I think you're spot on. So who's your favorite character, then, if you had to pick?
2: Oh, I mean, it's, it's a difficult decision. I mean, it is, but it isn't, because I, I love all the characters, but I think my favorite is definitely Wash. Um, he's definitely... I love his attitude. I mean, I just love Alan Tudyk as a person, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything I see him in, he's usually just the best part for me. Uh, but I, I loved Wash. I'm not so sure I enjoyed his arc through the season. Afterward, like... Now that I'm I'm older now, and I was rewatching it, I didn't know if I re- I didn't really appreciate the, I guess his insecurity and jealousy towards Mal because of the Zoe relationship. Mm-hmm. I I didn't really like that as an arc, but I mean, I just I love his lines. I mean, as, as soon as he starts out with the curse, but your so su- curse uh, your sudden but notable betrayal. As soon as you do that, you know he usually for most for me that at least I think that's where I got hooked. A because I love dinosaurs and B it was just really hilarious. I, I appreciated his relationship with Zoe. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, the jealousy with Mal thing got annoying at times, uh, especially in you know the episode where he's like, "I'm going on the, I'm going on the mission with the, the captain," uh, but I I thought he was really great. I mean, he as a character, he was funny. He had a lot of really really good uh, emotional moments. I mean, I think Serenity for me, I don't think would have been nearly as good. I'm usually not a fan of characters dying, but like when Wash died in that, and after saying you know, "A leaf on the wind." I, and then seeing Zoe just go insane and try to take on all the Reavers on her own afterwards, I thought that was a really, it was really well done as far as the death goes. And I think it really was, it meant a lot to the character that that's how he went out.
1: Yeah, I, I think what's what's interesting about Wash's death, because I was just talking about that last night and I was like, man, why did, I turned to my husband, I'm like, why did Wash, of all, of everybody In the crew, why did it have to be Wash? He's just the nice, funny, he's the heart of the crew. Why did it have to be him? And my husband's like, because he's the heart of the crew. Like, if you're going to kill off somebody and you want your audience to feel something, like, sure, you kill off Jane. You'd be like, oh, no, not Jane. But really, you wouldn't be, like, sobbing violently. But when Wash gets impaled, it's like you get impaled and suddenly everything you we're hanging on to all of the emotional hope in this whole journey dies along with wash. So, uh, you know, I'm never a fan of someone dying either, but I do think that Wash's death and specifically the way he died, how, um, heroic it was, but also how like sudden it was, was important. And I I, I mean, I won't say necessary, but it definitely gave an emotional impact, which I know that's what Whedon was going for. Absolutely. And I know too, like, I thought one of the interesting things about his death was that they didn't have any time to mourn him immediately because the Reavers were approaching it. So they had to take off. And I actually kind of appreciated that you got the funeral scene later and there wasn't some extensive mourning scene because I think it gave it a sense of realism. Like if you were in this actual instance, Zoe as a soldier is not going to... Break down and just start sobbing and and uh, not be able to function. Like she's gonna fight, she's gonna lose it in the fight at, <laughs> at one point. She's gonna go a little crazy. But I I just thought that was really it was really well done. But I yeah I love Wash too. He's he's so funny and Alan nails that role. And though he has gone on to do so many other things and is now this icon of Disney voice work, I still think Wash will be like his most iconic role forever.
2: Uh-huh. I don't know. Steve the pirate was a pretty big deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot about Steve the pirate. <laughs> oh gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, my i my favorite character is Mal. Um, and I know, like, it's funny because I think when I initially watched it, Mal was my favorite character because I was younger and I just thought Nathan Fillion was handsome, and he still is. That still tracks. But uh, I think that. I love like the damaged hero. I just love the, the broken um, guy that is in need of redemption. And cause Mal kind of, I mean, he kind of sucks at multiple times throughout the show. He makes choices that are questionable and he treats people like dirt and he's not, he's not washed. He's not the likable guy. Uh, but I,
2: still still fighting a war that ended years ago
1: yeah yeah exactly but i like that and it does give me i know i hate i don't want to keep like bringing it back to the mandalorian but it does kind of give me like mando vibes you know holding to the creed and uh kind of unable to move on but finds a quest worthwhile which is his crew and um and that helps kind of change him and and give him some heart so I love Mal. I'll always love Mal. I love um, "By my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you." <laughs> <laughs> I love all of that. So, so that yeah. Let's get to quotes. Actually, what are like some of your favorite quotes on the show? We've already talked about a couple. "I'm a leaf on the wind." That one's great. Uh, what else? What are some other quotes that stick out?
2: Yeah. So, "I'm a leaf on the wind" is probably one of the best. "Curse your but, curse your sudden but a notable betrayal" is a classic. Uh, I remember going to a Comic Con, I think it was the one that they were that Alan Teddock was at, and there were actually people dressed up as the dinosaurs that had like they had little oh signs gosh. that said curse but be- curse your son, but a notable betrayal. Um, so I think for me that one will always be my favorite. Uh some other ones is uh Jane saying, Let's go be bad guys. I, I really I really enjoyed that one I uh I don't know, it just was a really like Really odd thing to say, just to be like, yeah, yeah, all right, let's go be bad guys. It's like, no, no one says that. No one talks like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, that's like um, in Serenity, obviously, the iconic um, can't stop the signal, right? And then um, I aim to misbehave comes from Serenity. That one's really good. If I had a dollar for every time I saw like a sticker on someone's car that says I aim to misbehave, I'd have at least like 20 bucks. Oh,
2: yeah, definitely. I see it a lot. I actually, one of my friends, I got him a whiskey glass for Christmas. I had to, I am, I am to misbehave and serenity on it. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: That's a good one. I really like um, Mal when he's talking to Jane and he's like, uh, well, my time of not taking you seriously is certainly coming to a middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the one liners. There's so many one liners. Oh, and then I loved um, the episode with the soldier. Uh, when he's talking to Zoe and he's like, when, when you can't run, you crawl. And when you can't crawl. And then Zoe says, you find someone to carry you. I felt like that in a, in a line represented like the whole theme of the show of, uh, just having someone finding someone to have your back. Um, when you can't do it by yourself. Like, I felt like that was a really succinct way of summing up the show as a whole. So I like that one.
2: Uh, another one I like is uh, when Mal had his duel with Atherton, and he's like, "Mercy is a mark of a great man," and then he stabs him, and he's gets him just a good man, and then stabs him again. He's like, "Well, I'm all right.
1: <laughs> I'm all right." <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, that episode's great. I think that might be one of my one of my favorite episodes. I was thinking about like, what is my favorite episode of Firefly? And you would think it would be easy because there's only fourteen of them, but it was surprisingly difficult to pick. Um, I really love the the episode at the ball and, and that whole face-off with Mal and Atherton. Um, but I also really like episode 10, which is war stories. And I know you mentioned that whole, the wash jealousy thing. And I didn't love that either, even though that's kind of an essential part of this episode. But the reason I chose that as one of my favorites was because of what happens as a result of it, which is Zoe, you know, unequivocally no hesitation choosing wash over mal and uh i think it just like cemented and solidified zoe and wash as the power couple of the show like nothing was going to get between them and i think it also kind of put mal in his place which he needed and uh deserves to to be um he deserves to be put in his place sometimes so i like that one and it brought back niska as uh the villain in the episode, and I thought he was one of the one of the better villains in the show. So, that's probably one of my favorites too.
2: Yeah, I think that one was a really good one. And yeah, like I said, I don't really like the way that Wash does the whole jealousy towards Mal, but that episode really was was good. And if we have to suffer through the whole insecurity to get that episode, then it's totally worth it because there there was so much weight to that episode, and I think it really set the tone. It as Firefly as a whole, I think that just really sets an example of what this what it can do and really how mal can shine when it comes to his crew and how much he cares about them
1: yeah for sure good call let's talk about serenity real quick so firefly is unique because it gets canceled and then there's such a fan reaction that they get a film three years later and i feel like serenity is a huge gift to us fans because I I had this realization last week where I was like, if we never got Serenity, we literally would have never known what the heck was up with River. I mean, we just never would have known any of those answers. And uh, I feel like they, I feel like Serenity is just, personally, I feel like it's flawless. Like I love it beginning to end I I can't find any problems with it. Um, I love uh, the villain. The assassin from the Alliance is great. And I I just love every part of it. But I want to know what you think. Um, Are you Team Serenity? Or did you feel like it didn't quite live up to to the hype?
2: No, I thought it was great. And like you said, literally the most... The thing... I'm a very curious person. And the thing I needed to know about was was what was going on with River the whole time. I couldn't imagine at being before 2005 and knowing about the show and not knowing what had happened, that would have killed me.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but I thought it was, it was a great movie. I think what was going on with River finding about, about, about Miranda finding out the origin about the Reavers was insane. I never thought that we would, I was like, oh, okay, they're just crazy people that are out in space. You know, it's, it's space. That probably is a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> finding out that, that that's what the Alliance did is it just blew my mind how all those pieces came together even pieces I didn't know that could fit into that puzzle did I loved that we finally got River in her best form because you get flashes where she's you know she's lucid and she's a badass and you're like okay this is awesome like where's this River been and right in Serenity we get to see that fully realized we get to see her take on all those reverse, which I think was a great payoff just to get to see that River actually was like a really important part of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I love when they're in the they're in like the bar and River starts the fight with everybody, and um, one of the the guys goes to Mal and is like, "Do you know? Do you know her?" And Mal's like, "I really don't." <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we we totally get that payoff. That the fight sequence with the Reavers is iconic and um when the the wall the barrier opens back up and you see the blood dripping off the axe and just understand that everything hinged on her this whole time and they spent the whole show trying to get rid of her right uh i i think that's just so great and i think my my favorite part of the whole movie like you mentioned the revelation on miranda um i think not not only is it. Uh, you know a gut punch, like holy. heck like how could they, how could this have been happening this whole time? You really feel the shock that the crew feels. Um, so I feel like not only is it a huge gut punch, but I think it's also just really well done how eerie it is, how spooky it is. Sarah Paulson's hologram coming in really clutch and uh, you know, revealing what happened. I just think that whole scene on Miranda, it's so different than the rest of the show, like how clean the planet is and how um, how new and-
2: How bright it was. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and like, but yet it was just filled with death, right? It, it's all shiny and new and fancy and everyone is dead. And um, man, I just thought it was so well done. And still I watch it now and I'm like, this, this is incredible. This is better than the last 10 movies that I've watched. You know, this is better than All of the X-Men reboots put together, I'm just going to (laughs) say.
2: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And the Miranda thing was definitely a highlight of it. Especially, like, just... There was something chilling about them all just dying. Not not because of not convulsed over or, like, bleeding and dying out. Like, just stopped breathing, stopped caring. There's something just especially chilling about that. And I really... I love it because Mal sending out that signal was a little bit of the little bit of rebellion that he needs, you know, a little bit of like the, cause you know, he hates the Alliance. So he gets to, he gets to punch him in the nose pretty much. And yeah. I think he would love that. I think what I would love to see after Serenity and is, I would love to see what kind of person Mal is after that. I think after, because the fight with the operative was awesome. He took down the operative. He got to send out that signal. He got to shake up the Alliance, but I want to see how things because up until this point Mal does crazy stuff all the time you know right. he gets he's always doing some crazy scheme and it just works out this time it worked out but it didn't work out because he lost wash and it's mm-hmm. the first time we really got to see like a, an actual casualty because of the way that he does things and I'd really be interested to see how that matures him how that changes him uh, going forward as the captain of the serenity
1: yeah yeah i th- i think that's That's a really cool point. I think, you know, at the end of Serenity, when Zoe's talking about the ship, but she's obviously talking about the crew and herself. She says, you know, it's beat up, but she'll fly true. And I think that in in Serenity, everyone is willing to go down. They're willing to go down to get the signal out and they're willing to die for each other. And I think up until that point, you hadn't really seen that. You saw Mal and Zoe being willing to kind of fight for each other. And you saw River and Simon being there for each other, but you didn't see this community effort of, um, you know, Simon being willing to die for, for this cause. And they, they weren't united until Serenity. And so I think coming out of that, it would be really interesting. And with the whole scene with Inara, when, you know, he's like, are you ready to go? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, good answer. (laughs) So it implies a maybe, something would happen there. Uh, uh, I would love to see the story continue. I will say, I don't know if you have checked out any of the comic books or anything uh, in in the story or in the universe, but uh, Joss Whedon worked with Dark Horse to put out a few comic series. And I got the um, trade paperbacks for, there's one called Those Left Behind. There's another one called Better Days. Uh, And then I just started reading the comics, um, which I think they're uh, Zach Whedon actually wrote these ones, but um, uh, Leaves on the Wind is uh, one of the other comic series. So I just started reading those and it explores some of that. There's some of the stories are prequels and they tell like um, books backstory, which you didn't really get to learn. Uh, But then others you get to see post serenity so you get to see mal and anara in an actual relationship and uh what that would look like without mal acting like a dick every five seconds um <laughs> but yeah so those those have been cool to kind of uh, read through and at least when i find myself really really missing the firefly universe uh i go back and i do a rewatch, and then i go back and i read my comics so uh, yeah, I definitely recommend anybody in the fandom who hasn't checked out the Firefly comics, get on that. Uh, and the artwork is amazing. It makes you feel like you're, you're watching the show again. So.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So speaking of wishing we could revisit the universe or uh, see the future, there have been talks lately that potentially, maybe, whisper, rumor, that disney plus is working on a reboot of firefly and i know nathan fillion in the past has said that he would approve of a reboot with a younger newer cast and uh he would be on you know on board with kind of handing it over rather than revisiting it with the original cast so what are your thoughts about that do you think they should reboot firefly or do you think there should be a revival with the original cast or should it just be left alone completely it's a
2: really difficult question because i want to say yes to everything <laughs> yeah. uh all the firefly give me all the firefly. <laughs> any form no um yeah. honestly i don't think that they should reboot it because like i said the the best part of Firefly, I think, for me and I think for a lot of people, is the crew. And they got that casting perfect. I don't think that if they rebooted it in any kind of form, it would be the same. I think that you would just... It may work out for a little bit. You know, people who are have been waiting for this all their lives, would they would watch it for a little while before petering off, so it may be successful to get a couple seasons, but I don't think that it would... I don't think it'd have the same impact. I think it would and maybe lessen the legacy of Firefly a little bit. So yeah, I think that with doing like a straight reboot where it's just the same characters, but just new actors trying to do Firefly, it would look cool, but I just, I don't think that it would, I think people would not enjoy it as much. And I think that it would kind of just taint that franchise as a whole for a lot of people. Uh, I think there's other ways they could do it, but as far as a straight reboot, I think I would probably go with a no on it. I'd probably still watch it
1: but yeah I would definitely still watch it I wouldn't be thrilled about it but I would no um reboots are so risky like we've seen it work with a series like Cobra Kai that is so great at honoring the original but still bringing something completely new to the series but I feel like Cobra Kai is like the exception to the rule rather than the standard you know what I mean like for every one revival like that where it really works and it kind of knocks it out of the park, we have 10 failures, like X-Files revivals. Like, I hate to say it because I am a huge, massive X-Files fan. And I remember the enthusiasm surrounding it coming back. Like, holy crap, this is a dream come true. I could not plan anything better than this in my wildest dreams. But then I watched it and I'm like, this sucks. Like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I asked for. Like, no, take it back. You're ruining this beloved thing. And so I worry about that with a Firefly reboot. That if they did bring it back and with the original cast, they would have to find a way to justify all of these people still being together, all of these people still being on this Serenity class ship. And I feel like it would run the risk of not being true to the characters and their growth and, of course, run the risk of letting you down, right, as a viewer and as a fan. Plus, you know, with the revival rumors swirling, there's been rumors that they're thinking of making a family-friendly version and something, you know, the whole family can sit down and watch together. And I feel like that completely misses the mark of Firefly not that it was the most risque or outlandish, you know what I mean? It's not Westworld or whatever, but just how, like, how are you going to have a character like a Nora if you're trying to market it to like, you know, seven and eight year olds and, and the war and just all the themes, it just doesn't fit.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't see a family friendly vibe working out. I mean, like you said, it's not, it's not a show that like explicitly makes sure that it's like only adults should watch this. And if you're showing your kids, you're, you're a bad parent. Uh, but, I've, yeah, Inara would not work at all. I mean, was she going to do hug people for money? I
1: mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's doing uh, balloon animals for kids at birthday parties now.
2: <laughs> I I just it's very rare that I see a sci-fi franchise that tries to play family friendly, and it it works out. And I just don't see Firefly being as good if they tried going that route.
1: Yeah, like when I think of family friendly sci-fi, I think of Sharkboy and Lava Girl or Spy Kids. You know what I mean? Not Firefly,
2: yeah, no. So pretty much, we just need Robert Rodriguez to make it, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, <laughs> and I would probably watch it, and I've got two kids who would probably love watching it with me. So
2: I, I don't see a where I don't see a world where they could do a Firefly without Joss Whedon, and I know right now there's just a lot of controversy about his behavior and his antics, and that's also another that's another roadblock to getting any kind of Firefly revival. And yeah, maybe you know maybe Jon Favreau can do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just give everything to John Favreau and Dave Filoni. If they're in charge, uh, then maybe it'll work out. I, I yeah, it's, it's a weird time to be a fan of the verse. and, uh, you know, he's always had bits of being problematic, but like you said, the, the cast has stood by him. I know Nathan Fillion has stood by him. And, um, so yeah, I just, I can't imagine Firefly in any capacity without Whedon being attached to it. Okay, so you had a great idea, which was to uh, fan cast a Firefly reboot. So if they did reboot it, who would we put in the different roles? And I got to admit, this was so hard. I think I went through like three different casts because initially I was trying to go like really young. Like I was like, okay, trying to appeal to kind of like the the teens and so i was thinking like okay who's on riverdale you know like i'm looking up i'm looking (laughs) up like the cw people and i'm like trying to go really really young and then i was like crap but i don't feel like this is totally true to the show as i know it and so then i kind of adjusted it and changed it but i think i settled on a cast that i'm pretty pretty solid with but i'm gonna let you go first so we'll just go like a character at a time okay so who would you fan cast in the role of captain malcolm reynolds uh
2: myself no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no and i i definitely had a hard time with this i've never really done a fan casting before and trying to get all the pieces together so i know that with because i i did the teen thing too for a second i was like yeah we'll do early 20s and i was like wait a minute Mal and Zoe were in a war <laughs> That's, Right. they had like a life before this so that doesn't work yeah. um, so for Malcolm I wanted to go with someone I, I really appreciate his humor and I know he does really well as an action star and he's a little bit older which I feel like he should be a little bit older than some of the rest of the crew um, so I chose uh, Dan Stevens oh yeah yeah um, I'm not as familiar with him as I would like to be so it's mainly from what I've heard and what I've read but I just think he has that charm that Mal needs. Um, He would look great in a brown coat, I think. And uh, he would just be able to, he just seems like a guy that would be able to lead the crew. He'd be able to make the quips. He'd be able to have the jokes. But at the end of the day, I don't know. It might just be me, but I get the vibe that at the end of the day, he would do what he needs to do for the people he cares about. And that's, that's really what I want from Mal. So
1: so that's an interesting choice. Yeah. I liked him in Legion. Um, Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, all right, for my mouth, I was going back and I'm still still mentally going back and forth between two, but I'll just pick one and I will say I would fan cast Oscar Isaac.
2: Poe Cameron. Okay. okay.
1: Um, yeah, I would fan cast Oscar Isaac. And I think uh obviously he's attached to more upcoming projects. He's gonna be Moon Knight, uh, in an upcoming Marvel project. But I think Obviously he already has the relationship with Disney. So if Disney plus was rebooting it, he, he already has that connection there. But I like, I think Mal has to be good looking. He's got to be charming. And he also has to be able to get riled up and get, get angry and take charge. And I think, uh, we saw that in, um, rise of the Skywalker. We, we saw some of that. Um, Mm. and so I think he'd be able to step into the role of the captain. Okay, what about Zoe Washburn?
2: Yeah, so that one, I saw you post that you're having troubles with that one. I also, that one took me the longest to try to figure out because I don't know. I don't know for me, like Zoe just for, for some reason, like even though all of them are characters I want to do I want to do well with, for Zoe, I was like, I got to get this exactly right. I was like, I don't know. I don't know why. But for you, you got to be spot on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's because Gina Torres like killed it. Like, so yeah, it's it's hard to choose. I
0: agree.
2: And yeah, so I went through like three different people. I think I, I settled on one, um, and it was kind of an out of the box one that I was actually kind of excited about, and that's a uh, Zazie Beats, from uh, Deadpool in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was, Oh,
1: that's a, that's a good choice.
2: Yeah, I just I was trying to think about it. And I was like, you know, she was uh, she was awesome and when she was Domino in Deadpool two. Uh, I feel like she she kicks butt, which is what Zoe's supposed to do. Um, she's she's very strong which, you know, I always, I always think of Zoe as strong. Um, the person I, I feel like she would act, she'd work well a lot with the person I chose for wash and you know, she's, she's used to dealing with, uh, with dumb, funny guys dealing with Deadpool. So (laughs) you've you've already seen how she can handle that. Um, and she, she was pretty amazing on Atlanta. So I know she has a, she has a wide range. So I definitely think that she'd be able to do the role. Like I said, it's a hard one to fill. Um, but I definitely think that would be my choice.
1: Nice. Yeah, that is tricky. Uh, that's a good choice though. Good call. Um, all right. I went, and I think it's because I just watched Birds of Prey. So that was fresh in my head. But same, I was trying to find someone who just could totally kick ass and uh, really insert themselves as uh, the dominant like leader that Zoe needs to be. And uh, I thought Journey Smollett. Who played Black Canary? Oh,
2: okay. I, oh, I didn't even. I can't believe I didn't think of her. Yeah, I thought.
1: You know what? She's she, she's everything that Zoe needs to be. Um, she's powerful and feminine, and already in Birds of Prey, she already kind of stepped in as part of a team, but also like an outlier who is going to do her own thing. And so I really liked her in that, and I thought she'd make a good Zoe.
2: Absolutely, yeah. She was really good in Lovecraft Country too. She's She's just good at playing strong, powerful women. So yeah. I think she's yeah, I think, totally I think she's got the background for it. Then
1: all right, let's go to Wash. Then how about Zoe's Zoe's love?
2: So all of them took some effort to figure out, except for Wash. For me, I mean, I I, I actually would just like maybe I'll just do Alan Tudyk again. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would I really want Wash to be Josh Hutcherson.
1: Okay, I could see it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. After watching Josh Hutcherson in uh, Future Man and just his, his wacky, kind of kind of dopey demeanor that he had in that, he's really good at just being a dork and doing what needs to be done. And I feel like he would really click well with Zazie. I think that they would, because, you know, she would definitely be the more powerful one. And he's just the one that's like, wow, you're like, you're awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Josh Hutcherson. That's a good choice. That's funny um okay well i went totally different with wash so i okay like at first i was like maybe joe keery from stranger things um maybe uh bo burnham like like maybe go straight comedian but then it hit me like a revelation and i was like what if wash was a woman and what if she was played by kate mckinnon
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be insane?
1: <laughs> I was like, I could totally see Kate McKinnon with the freaking Hawaiian shirt and sitting there like the pilot. And I'm a leaf on the wind. I mean, I could totally. And so now that's all I can see is Kate McKinnon as Wash in a reboot. So now if that doesn't happen, now I'm going to be like mortally offended. Like I'm going to be deeply wounded. Fl-
2: flame him on social media about it.
1: Yeah, it's all i could see it's all i could see is kate mckinnon and like i love her in saturday night live obviously but um like the ghostbusters reboot like that was like one of the only i that was she's the best part of that movie i think far and away definitely yeah yeah so i love her and uh would want her (laughs) to be that's
2: that is a great choice yeah i could totally see her doing all the insane maneuvers that mal asked her to do that would yeah she'd be spot on for that yeah
1: that's hilarious. Um, okay, how about Mal's love interest? Um, so opposite Dan Stevens as Mal, who would you pick to play Inara?
2: Uh So I would choose Anna De Armas from uh, *Knives Out* and if, if we ever see *No Time to Die*.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. When we're one all,
2: day, one day.
1: When um, we're all dead and we yeah. see and we see <laughs> *No Time to Die*. <laughs> all right, why'd you choose her?
2: Yeah, no, I just first of all she's beautiful. She <laughs> so.
1: And Anara has to be. Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. And I've from what I've seen of her, I feel like she just the way she runs her she does her personality, she's just she knows exactly what she's doing. If you she's supposed to be like the bond girl of No Time to Die. And you could just tell that when she's just oozes sex appeal and she knows exactly how to, you know, talk to, you know, fulfill all of the requests needed for a companion. Um, She has the personality. She's got the seduction down. She would definitely be someone, I think, from what I've seen in Knives Out, I think that she would definitely be someone who doesn't back down to Dan Stevens. She would be someone that's, you know, they always have that flirting and, you know, that will they, won't they, but at the end of the day, she's going to call him out when he's being a dumbass, which is, you know. All the time, <laughs> so <laughs> so I think she could really stand on her own on her own against him, which is exactly what I want from that relationship. She would be able to do the seduction that is necessary for the companion. Um, she just and she's just a great actress. I mean, I just really enjoyed everything I've seen her in, and I think that she'd be able to really do the role of Monara well.
1: Nice, nice, good choice. Yeah, I was thinking. Obviously, yeah, you need somebody sexy, and you need somebody tough and so i was thinking who could play opposite oscar isaac so i went with priyanka chopra as anara
2: okay. so i
1: thought that um uh she's gorgeous and if um you know <laughs> i briefly entertained the thought of having nick jonas as mal and then i wanted to punch myself in the face for even thinking about that <laughs> but i think she would be a good anara and anara happens to be um I-, I think she's probably my second favorite character uh, I, I love her personality and I love how, um, just independent she is. And so I wanted someone who I think could capture that. And I think Priyanka Chopra would do a good job. Plus she's like mega star right now. So she'd bring some, she'd bring some fans. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do the siblings. So let's do, um, Simon and River. Who would you cast in their roles?
2: Yeah. So. I made a choice for my cast because I realized that even though the series they they say a lot of Chinese, there's not actually like Asian representation on the crew, which blows my mind. Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> yes, I had the same thought. I had the exact same thought. I was like, "What the heck? They're speaking Chinese, and there's zero Asians in the show." <laughs> I had the same thought.
2: Yeah, no. I, so I was like, "There's no way that I'm allowing that to happen." <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> I knew I had to. I, I had to step that up a little bit. So I. For Simon and River, I chose uh, Ross Butler as Simon and Chloe Bennett as River.
1: I'm freaking out, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but go on.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Ross Butler as Simon. I I love Ross Butler. I think he's he's someone if you've seen the first season of riverdale uh, if you saw shazam if you've seen 13 reasons why uh, you know him he was zach in 13 reasons why that's how most people will know him um i think he is a great actor i've really I, you really could see a nice range i could definitely see him as a cleaned up doctor who you know is kind of a he's he's always tight and he doesn't he, you know he doesn't really loosen up and talk to the crew and everything and he's always really and I feel like he could get the emotional aspect of caring for River because if Simon doesn't care about River, like if you can't feel it, then that whole storyline fails. Honestly, you have to really be able to believe that he would risk everything, his entire life, everything he built to be able to save his sister. And I think that he would definitely be able to get that across. Chloe Bennett, uh, I she's from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so she already has that connection to Whedon. Uh, but I think she she's as Daisy, I just saw her as a character who, she encompasses everything that River has and will be. She's got, I mean, she's strong, she's powerful, she's she's able to stand on her own. But I also saw her a lot of times when she was fragile, a lot of times where she didn't really know what she was doing. She wasn't really all there. She was grieving. She was trying to really figure out who she was. And I think for River, you have to get that because with River, she's a really complicated character because there's one moment where she's mocking the crew and making fun of them and having a good time. And there's another moment where she's having a meltdown because, you know, something happened and there's other moments where she's killing a whole bunch of Reavers or, you know, not looking while she shoots three guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I just, I feel like Chloe Bennett could really do that well. And uh, yeah, she's, Everything about River that I need, I saw from her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yeah, that is a great choice. I love Chloe Bennett so much. I'm a huge fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I know that there's been some rumors going around that the new Marvel show um, Secret Invasion with Nick Fury and the scrolls, it's rumored, you know, that Chloe Bennett and Quake might come back on that show. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, fingers crossed, because I would love to see more of her in, in that role especially. So I was freaking out when you said Ross Butler, because I have here on my paper, it says Simon, and then I put Ross Butler, but then I crossed it out. (laughs) But here's why I crossed it out. I was thinking, what if instead of a brother and a sister, it was a sister and a sister?
0: Okay. So if it was just like two
1: sisters, right? So in the role of Simon, name changed probably, I actually put Chloe Bennett.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, but I thought the same thing. Like, I loved her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we got to see her be the protective sisterly role with Simmons a little bit. And I thought she would just kill it as the protective older sibling fighting for River. So then I had to think of who could play her younger sister. And I wanted to go young. I wanted to go, like, even younger than summer glow was in the original series okay so for the role of river i picked yaya goslin who plays like the main girl the main kid in we can be heroes
2: oh yeah
1: which is the other you know robert rodriguez movie that we were talking about but she plays
2: she was good in that movie
1: yeah she plays pedro pascal's daughter And I think she showed so much promise in her role and was very strong and a good fighter. And I just think she would be like a perfect fit and it would be an awesome opportunity for her. And she and Chloe Bennett would totally mesh well together. And I just think it would work really well.
2: Yeah, I think that's really cool. I would definitely, it actually kind of make more sense because I feel like for this Academy to really do what it's supposed to do, it should be targeting them when they're younger, not when they're older. So it makes sense to me that she's like 11 and she's been in the academy for a couple of years and she comes out trying to figure out what the hell's going on in her head.
1: Yeah. And like, how cool would it be to see that whole Reaver scene, but with like a 11 year old? <laughs>
2: I know. I mean, it'd be terrifying. I don't know if I trust kids again, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What about Kaylee, our mechanic? Who would be the love interest opposite Simon?
2: So Kaylee, I went a little bit more on the nose with, um, so, I chose uh, Letitia Wright, who is Shuri in Black Panther. Yeah. I think, I I I mean, I loved her as Shuri. So, I was like, well, if I need a mechanic, I'm going to go to the person that knows everything, you know, knows more than anybody else in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, I feel like she would be, she'd bring in a lot more of a s- style and a little bit, maybe more, a little bit more sarcasm. Um, Not so much the, like, you know, mooning over everybody like Kayla kind of does, because, you know, Jewel State, the way that she played it, she was more of like a farm girl uh, who had just right. gotten on a ship. So, but I feel like I would love to see her be the mechanic. I really want to see, I, I want to see a kind of a kooky mechanic. Someone who is always coming in and saying, oh, hey, look at this. I, I created something new for the Firefly. And sometimes it works and sometimes it explodes. And so we get we get a little bit more about that because I, I think Firefly is an eccentric ship. So I, and you know, it's always talking about how it's got good bones, how if you treat her right, it's going to be there forever. So I just want to see them kind of get crazy with it, kind of do some weird stuff with Serenity. And I, I also just like when people create, you know, new ships and gadgets and stuff like that. So I just, I feel like she'd be a really good Kaylee. She'd be able to really bring in that that feeling that she's the mechanic, the engineer, she knows exactly what's wrong with the ship and she's gonna take care of it. But she's also gonna have some fun. She's gonna make some weird stuff.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Bring in like a mad scientist element to it. That'd be fun. Yeah, I was thinking, so obviously I gender swapped my Simon role. So then I was gonna gender swap my Kaylee role. And uh, so I was thinking who would be good opposite, Chloe Bennett. Um, And so when I was thinking about Jewel State, I was thinking, you know, she's young, she's cute doesn't necessarily know how cute she is um but is confident and uh so I was trying to think of like kind of the male equivalent to that and I just kept coming back to Greg Sulkin who played Chase Stein in the Marvel Runaways series oh. um I feel like he's you know he's young he's he's good looking but he's not like overtly in your face it's not like a chris hemsworth situation where he's gonna be like check out my abs you know he so uh but i could see i don't know i just could see chloe bennett and him having chemistry and um and him working again kind of like you were saying that mad scientist element as chase stein he develops the fistigons, and he is tinkering uh with his dad and so i could see him being the the inventor in the back of the ship so
2: Definitely, yeah. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that, but no. And I really, I've watched some of Runaways, and I really like the way that you played his character. You're right; he definitely wasn't the type that he was like, "Oh, I'm hot, and I know it. Like I'm the coolest thing in the school." He was always, he was always way more. He was more understated.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. I guess. Uh, oh, we got two left. So, who would you play, or who would you pick to play, uh, Shepherd Book?
2: So Shepherd Book is. Uh. So I gender swapped Shepherd Book, um, which. I don't know if that really fits in the, the universe. I don't really know how the shepherds work, but <laughs> I don't know if they have female shepherds. But I would love to see a Regina King as Shepherd Book. Yeah. Uh, from Watchmen and all different kinds of stuff. She, Bill Street can talk. Uh, I feel like because I looked, I did look up, I, I haven't read the comics for Firefly, but I did look them up and I saw a little bit more about what Shepherd Book's whole deal was when he was, before he became Shepherd Book and how he was. Right doing all that scummy stuff and everything, but that's how he had learned. And from what I've seen from Regina King, she's that kind of person that she knows who she is. She's power. She she's powerful. Uh, she's confident. Uh, and she's, I could totally see her playing a character that has done some stuff in the past that she's trying to atone for. And that's why she's able to connect with the crew because of those experiences, even if they may not know those experiences because that's a mystery you know, we may never know. (laughs) Uh, I could definitely see her playing that character of caring about the crew, uh, having that past that makes her surprisingly useful to a criminal endeavor Mm -hmm. and just being a stabilizing force for the crew. So I definitely think that she would do well. Um, I was like, like, who would be book? Who would be book? And then I was just thinking about everything I'd heard about Regina King with like Watchmen and stuff and her arc. And I was just like, she would be really good at that.
1: yeah yeah that's a good that's that's a good one i didn't even think about swapping that but that that would be spot on um i think i have you know i don't know i have star wars and mandalorian on the brain obviously but uh i just kept coming back to giancarlo esposito as book and uh he's i think he's good at kind of the mysterious role whether he's a mysterious bad guy or a mysterious good guy uh has he ever been a good guy (laughs) You know that's true. I mean, he wasn't a horrible <laughs> guy on Once Upon a Time. He was like a mirror, so I guess that kind of counts. But okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I just thought you know you need someone who's wise. You need someone who again can put Mal in his place. Uh, someone who can have kind of that quiet, uh, reserved. Um, nuance to him and I think Giancarlo Esposito could could do that but I also thought oddly enough I thought Common could be like an interesting uh person because I know he's done some he's done some acting and um he's really tough so I think he would bring a different vibe to the character but I think he could kind of make it his own so that could be kind of interesting too Um, okay last but not least uh who would you pick for the role of jane cobb this was the easiest one for me this is the only one that i instantly picked and it was like done i've got it the rest were very hard
2: okay this one i had i had some difficulty with uh but i really i was thinking about it and it kind of works with a couple with my another one of my picks uh and that's gonna be uh, gabriel luna yeah from agents of shield as well he played ghost rider and uh he was a terminator and terminator dark fate i think I've really been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Um, I feel like he could take Jane to a new level because I think out of all of them, Jane needed more development than what he got uh, just as a character, just as why is he really on this crew? Um, and I think he'd really be able to bring that. I think he would be able to bring the the physicality of Jane, the, you know, the I don't want to say a rage monster, but... <laughs>
1: a little bit, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, the guy, you know, that gets he gets angry fast and he likes to shoot stuff and he's just kind of, he he wants to go be a bad guy. And I think I really liked Gabriel Luna as Ghost Rider and as a Terminator, which he was one of the highlights of that movie. And I think that I would really enjoy seeing him on there. He's already got a relationship with Chloe Bennett because they were both on Age of the Shield together, so they had that relationship. Um, so I think that would, they'd be able to feed off of that, uh, especially because River and Jane are always an interesting relationship to me. Right. Because it's like they had like a mutual respect for each other, in a way, to me. And
1: also like, wanted to kill each other, yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's, that's who I'd like to see. Um, I, I mean, I just like seeing him in, in anything. But I think he'd be a pretty good Jane.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Definitely one I never would have thought of. Um, all right, I will choose two, and I'll tell you why. So initially I thought, what if Jane was a woman? Okay. Which I thought would be kind of a funny twist because he's such a misogynistic man. Right. And I thought if that is the case then Margot Robbie would be a good choice for Jane. Okay. Because she's already been like super tough, crazy, violent, in your face, you know, throw caution to the wind and I could see her rocking like Jane's orange hat, right? But then I was like, ah, I think I would keep it the way it is. I think I would keep Uh, Jane Cobb as a crazy, tough, brash, uh, rude, insensitive, funny, uh, you know, lighthearted and also, you know, misogynistic and, uh, just a huge jerk. And I was like, who could do that? Bill Burr. (laughs) Bill Burr, baby. He would be the perfect Jane.
2: (laughs) He would be Uh, a really good Jane. Yeah.
1: I feel like he is Jane. Like, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like he, he would just be himself. He could just walk in, do his stand-up, and then grab a gun and shoot some people, and you'd have Jane Cobb.
2: The only Bostonian in the, the Firefly universe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, if there could be Bostonians in Star Wars, then there's certainly... Everyone else would be speaking Chinese, and then you'll have Bill Burr representing Space Boston.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, that's a great choice. I, and after seeing him in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, he could do a lot with that character more more than just you know the the surface level if if they want to throw the emotional aspect in there
1: yeah absolutely I know I I, I almost want to like find some artists to uh to do a rendering of Bill Burr as Jane and with his hat and and his uh you know blue sun shirt or whatever and 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 I love the fact that Bill Burr constantly makes fun of of nerds and geeks and the things that geeks like and and Then he was in The Mandalorian. And so I think the more geeky things we can get Bill Burr in, the better. Um, Maybe he'll, you know, he'll come around. So yeah, there you go. There's our fan cast of the May or May Never Happen Firefly reboot. I know I kind of, we talked about a little bit um, other things that the cast has been on. So usually when, you know, we'll talk about the show and if you like Firefly, there's a bunch of other shows out there featuring these actors and in the original cast. So if you're missing Firefly, you can go check out these other shows. So um, have you watched any of the actors and other things? What are maybe some of your favorite uh, projects that the cast has been featured in outside of Firefly?
2: Yeah, so I've actually I've watched a lot of shows that these people have been in. Uh, I saw a list and realized there's a lot of them. Uh, One of my top favorites for sure is Chuck which is, which the actor that played Jane, Adam Casey, he's in that one, or sorry, Adam Baldwin. Uh, he plays John Casey, I just blurted them together. But uh, So Chuck is great. Uh, if you like a nerd who gets a supercomputer and goes on spy missions, definitely go and check that show out. He pretty much plays Jane, just if Jane was a Republican and a secret, a secret agent. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, I love that one. Uh, with, as far as Nathan, uh, Nathan Fillion goes, definitely gotta check out Castle. Which is great. It's a detective story where he plays a writer who writes books, and him and he teams up with a detective to solve crimes. Uh, his new one, the rookie, that's been out for a couple seasons. He's a forty-something rookie in the police force, so you see him trying to traverse that, trying to figure out who he is while he's you know twenty years older than his peers that are rookies. Um, that one actually turned out to be really good. So if you're a big fan of like you know law enforcement, cop shows, things like that, definitely check that out. Uh, I watched anything with Alan Tudyk. I probably watched powerless doom patrol.
1: He's going to be in that new show, um, resident alien coming out on sci-fi. I think it starts at the end of the month where he plays, uh, an alien that has to hide the fact that he's an alien. Uh,
2: oh, God. and
1: yeah, it looks, it looks <laughs> funny and ridiculous and everything that you would want from him. So, uh, he's in, yeah, he's going to be in that, um, i really liked uh gina torres actually before she ever played zoe yeah i think it was before May, or maybe the same time shortly thereafter she was on alias which um oh. i'm actually gonna have an episode i just i just talked about alias on my podcast uh and so i saw her in that and she plays kind of a kind of a villainous character uh yeah i guess a villainous character opposite to jennifer garner and she does a great job in that um and i love chuck too did you ever watch con man with nathan Fillion and alan tudyk
2: uh kind of a little bit of it it seemed pretty awesome
1: it's pretty freaking funny like it makes fun of convention culture and it makes fun you know the whole premise is essentially that they are from this sci-fi show that aired forever ago. And um, that's all anybody cares about, even though they've done other projects, that's all anybody cares about. And in the show, Nathan Fillion plays um, the leading man from the sci-fi show who has gone on to do other projects and is he's the one that everybody wants and he's the really famous one. And uh, he's the one that's, you know, getting paid the big bucks to be there. And Alan Tudyk's character is the kind of side character who, is having to relive his glory days from the sci-fi show because that's all anybody cares to know him from and uh so obviously it's it's really on the nose it's really meta but it's hilarious it's it's very irreverent uh pokes pokes fun at the whole convention scene and as like a uh avid con goer uh i i loved it because it just spoke to so many truths that uh that us con goers know so I love that one. Definitely check out Con Man. I think it was a it was a web series or you could only watch it um, online. I forget even where it was was published, but Con Man, check it out. Yeah, Adam Baldwin. I mean, Adam Baldwin's been in a lot of stuff. He was on the X Files, um, the the later seasons of the X Files. He played a uh, alien super soldier. Um, he's on a show called The Last Ship on TNT, which oh, he's on that. Yeah, he's he's like one of the. The lead roles which i started to watch but i only i'm i only got to season two um and then morena baccarin who played anara she had that show v for a while which is another show that i'll probably end up talking about at some point because it was it was very short-lived but then obviously she was in deadpool and uh gotham and she's in a new show coming out called home invasion which i know nothing about but that's in production right now, so. Okay. And then, of course, you know, rest in peace, Ron Glass, passed away in in 2016, Um, not before being on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and doing a lot of really cool voice work, Uh, really talented guy. And then Jewel State, she's in a new show called Family Law, a new Canadian show with uh, Victor Garber, and um, she and Sean Marr were actually on an episode of Warehouse 13 together. Talked about that in... uh, one of my, one of my earlier, uh, episodes, but yeah, they, they guest starred on an episode together, which was a really cool nod to Firefly fans. Oh, that's nice. And they're like best friends. They, they, um, post on social media all the time, like pre quarantine anyway, they would hang out all the time. And, um, so that's kind of fun. It's like more fun to follow their personal lives and their career currently, but, um, I'm a big fan of both of them. We didn't talk about it, but, um, Mark Shepard who, you know, anybody in the supernatural fandom or x File fandom, or obviously the Joss Whedon verse, uh, knows who Mark Shepard is, but he played Badger on Firefly. And so he's in a million other things. And then of course, Joss Whedon, generally speaking, you know, th- this goes without saying, because anybody who has watched Firefly has probably watched everything else Joss Whedon has ever done, but, um, dollhouse is another great show uh that whedon was involved in that was canceled way too soon and uh there's also an amazing movie uh which i think it came out in 20 2012 and uh it's joss whedon's much ado about nothing it is like a modern version of the shakespeare play but the dialogue is all straight shakespeare so it's not, like, updated or modernized, but the film itself is black and white, but it's all modern, and it has just a cast of all of Joss Whedon's friends, so it has, it has Sean Maher, it's got Nathan Fillion, it's got um, people from Clark Gregg, Amy Acker, um, Alexis Denisoff, so people from the Buffyverse, and uh, all across all of Whedon's project, they all show up in this movie together, and It is one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. I actually went to go see it by myself in the movie theater because everyone was like, Shakespeare, what the crap? And I was like, y'all suck. It's Joss Whedon and it's Shakespeare. And I'm going to go and I'm going to have a blast. And I did. And I've seen it probably like 15 times. So yeah, if you're a fan of Firefly and Joss Whedon and those actors, uh, definitely check out What You Do About Nothing.
2: Okay. I don't think I've heard about that one. I've heard about all those other projects, but that one seemed to slip my radar. So I'm going to check that out.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend it. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for doing this and, uh, you know, for coming on and hanging out with me and for talking about Firefly. It's always good to reminisce about the good old days.
2: Yes, the good old days are always nice, uh, especially... You know, in, in this time, you definitely want to be able to sit down and watch something you love. So I definitely appreciate getting the chance, the excuse to watch Firefly again and honestly fall in love with it all over again. So <laughs> I'll probably go pick up the comics myself, but I appreciate you having me on here. It was a lot of fun. Um, the fan casting was actually a blast. So <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I, I appreciate that we, because, you know, with fan casting, I, you always worry that it's like, it's, are we just going to have the same people? But I like that we, for the most part, didn't. And we actually had some pretty good choices. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a good suggestion. Um, I appreciate it. And everybody definitely go check out Tyler Nerd of All Trades podcast um, and support him over there. And if you want to watch Firefly, if you've never seen it, or uh, you're like us and you just want to go back and rewatch it, Firefly is streaming on Hulu and the Serenity movie is available for free through the Peacock app. So definitely go check it out there. And, uh, that's it. That's all we've got. Thank you guys so much for listening and, uh, tuning in and, uh, here's looking forward to next week. Thanks again. Thanks again, Tyler. We'll see you guys later until next time.